May the Lord richly bless you. Uh, once again, uh, just let you know, feel free to uh, send in your prayer requests or your testimonies uh, or uh, any questions that you would have. Uh, we're going to continue on part four of manly leadership. And we'll just get right into it here. Uh, looking at the characteristics of leadership, consistency. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be, stead be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Uh, so there's, there's that aspect where you just, when God calls you to do something, you just continue to do it. Uh, there's a story about a little mouse, that, uh, or a little ant. He found a grain of corn in a house, and he had to crawl, he had to go up the wall and down it to bring it to his ant colony. So he, he started bringing it up. He got up just a few inches on the wall and the corn fell down. And then next time he got up a couple inches and it fell down again. And he did this again and again and again. 30th attempt, now he's halfway up the wall on his way out, on his way out and the corn drops. And he crawls down the wall and he picks up the corn and now he's oh, he gets up and on his 60th attempt, He's almost at the top, and the corn drops to the ground. Then what, what happens next? On the 69th attempt, he gets all the way up, and he gets to the top, and he brings that corn into the ant colony. So what is that? That is being courageous. That is being consistent. That is saying, I will not quit. I will not give up. I will keep going because God has asked me to do this and I will never and I will never stop doing that and that's what God has called us to do. We might not know what the results of what we're doing is, but one thing we can know and that that's God's called us to do that and whatever our work is to do in the Lord it's not in vain. So we stay consistent with how with our activity, but also we say consistent with our family. Uh, we don't respond differently in every single different situation, in one, ten different ways for the same situation. There's a consistency about our behavior. True leadership is generous, generous and unselfish. For 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor, and that ye through his poverty might be made rich. 1 Corinthians 10.24 Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. There's a generosity that's in true leadership. There, there's a willingness to give of yourself, of your time, of your property to others, to serve them, to care for them, to meet their needs. In the sermon that day on Calvary, Brother Branham says, Look what Jesus turned and said, Insomuch as ye have done it unto, unto these, ye did it unto me. 
unselfish life, not the second thought, not to think about it, but you are so dead to the things of the world and so alive in Christ and so walking on the highway that these things are just an automatic thing. You just do it. Not saying, well, now the Lord would, Lord, would you want me to do that? It's not that. You're just a part of him. His spirit is in you and you act the way he acted. Ah, do you get it? Not a thought for yourself, but a thought for others. Uh, true leadership is correctable, teachable. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you're not teachable, you will never grow as a person and you will, you will become stagnant and those around you will become stagnant. Pride rejects counsel. 1 Samuel 15, 19-20 Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. So that was Saul's response to correction. He said, No, I did do it. You're wrong, Samuel. Now, 2 Samuel 12, 7 through 13, different king. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore thou hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword with, of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thy house. I'll skip forward. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. That's the right response. True leaders, leaders take correction. Uh, united under one head, Brother Branham says, and that's right. That's all right, but they had united under the wrong leadership. They had united under the leadership of man, and God wants man to unite under the leadership of himself. He wants us to be one, he, but he wants to be the one with us. But man wants his fellow man to be his leader and unite under the wisdom of his fellow man. And it is very striking to see how that man wants to be one. The reason that he wants to be one is because God designed him for that purpose. God designed man, made him up to be one, to work together, to cooperate together. That's the makeup of man. That's the way God made him. But man always wants to have his idea about it. He wants to project something that God never intended him to do. He wants to figure his own ways out. He wants to make his own plans. He won't accept the plan of God, plan that God made for him because it's his fallen nature. A true leader accepts that it is God's leadership flowing through him, not his own way or his own will or his own purpose. So let's just close out uh, this topic of manly leadership. We'll just go through these characteristics as a summary. A biblical manly leader has these characteristics. He's a steward of God, a manager under God's leadership. He's strong, a warrior, protector, and guardian. Three, he's courageous. Four, loving and tender. Five, he's a provider. Six, he's a hard worker. Seven, 
He has good character. Eight, he has charisma. Nine, he's wise and discerning. Ten, he's an initiator. Eleven, he's patient. Twelve, he's consistent. Thirteen, he's generous and unselfish. And fourteen, he's correctable and teachable. God wants all of these things to be in you and I as leaders. We are supposed to have these characteristics within us so that we can be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had all those things in his life. You and I are to reflect that leadership. Actually, we are to be the channel for that leadership. So what is, what are, what our hearts are to be in tune with him and with others so we can channel his leadership, his characteristics to others. We're not here to express ourself, our life, our heart, our mind. Our purpose is to express him. Express his life, express his truth, express his heart. Amen. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or uh, testimonies, please let us know. We sure be glad to hear from you. May the Lord richly bless you.